This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Marriage in Transition podcast. We are Sean and Lynette Reed. And listen, this podcast is all about helping you create connection through uncontrollable change. And this is the very first episode. Okay, so today we're going to talk about how your marriage will be shaped by the seasons of change that you will face and how transitions can have both positive or negative impacts depending on how you navigate them. So let's Let's go. go! So, you know, going back, we married at 18 years old. Yep. And we had, those first five years were crazy. Yeah, I like to call them the crazy five. Yeah, they were the crazy five. Yeah, and part of it was because we didn't really know who we were individually. Mm-hmm. Um, we were still trying to find, you know, who is Sean. Yeah, identity. And, you know, who is this person named Lynette? And then we at the same time had these three children within three years. Mm-hmm. And we had also moved... Um, to three different cities yep. within those three years. And so if you want to talk about transitions, we know all about a marriage in transition, right? We've been married now for 22 years. And looking back, what I would say is in those moments of going through transition, uh, those were good ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, having children, moving right. to new cities, yeah. new job opportunities. But with each one of those, it was almost like it was stretching us to levels that we hadn't processed mm-hmm. appropriately. I agree. And so I would misinterpret where you were in your mindset and in your stages of life and what your needs were. And I was selfishly looking out for my own needs. And so I found that a lot of times within those first five years, man, we were ready to call it quits. You yeah. Know? And I think, you know, all of the frustrations of the things that we went through, um, there was just, we, I, I know I wasn't trying to figure out who I was. I mean, if anything, I was focused on the responsibilities. I was focused on trying to maintain the home, three kids, all that good stuff. And so, um, I really wasn't proactive in making sure that we were going through, well, first off, identifying that we were in a season of transition, but then making sure that we I was going through it the right way. Yeah. And so... That you were healthy individually. No, I wasn't looking at at my heart. Right. But what would have happened if you and I would have focused in that moment, not just on the problem? Mm -hmm. Because that's what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Basically, we had a lot of responsibilities. We were juggling them all. You couldn't let anything drop because everything was important. Right. Your children, your finance, uh, the new city, learning new people, new environment. We couldn't let anything fall to the floor. But what was happening was in the process of maintaining... um, you know, trying to fight our way through all those changes, we were losing ourselves. Yeah. It was like it's offensive being defensive type play. Yeah, yeah. And so I feel like the challenge for everyone to realize that we learned the hard way is that if you aren't healthy, nothing else around you within your environment will be healthy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But the more that you are actually processing your own mental health, yep. your own uh, spiritual walk with the Lord, um, then all of a sudden it equips you to be better yeah. when you're facing whatever challenges are coming against your marriage or whatever challenges that you're going to face individually. I know? think also another thing was when you're in the middle of a transition, you and if you're not 
like I said, proactive, you know, being uh, offensive versus defensive, you're not processing things correctly. And so um, the way you look at things Mm -hmm. is just going to determine the way that you're going to treat things. And Mm -hmm. so if you're constantly being frustrated or if you're constantly in a season of um, overwhelmed and when things come to you, your process, the way you're processing is going to be completely different. Yeah. Everything is reactionary, right? And it's reactionary based on a level of stress and tension and frustration. So whatever you put your hands to, it's, it's almost like you're a firefighter, right? Instead of a legacy builder. And what God is looking for within our marriages is that we're building a legacy of what he has shown us. Mm Mm-hmm. I believe that every marriage needs a picture of what their their relationship is to be. What are we trying to build together? Where are we headed? Right? Do we have a vision for our relationship? What is our identity? Yeah. It all boils down to identity, who we are in the Lord, who we are to one another, and what it is that we're trying to build. And when you're going through transitions, that gets tested. Yeah. You know, and if you haven't identified that, it's easier to try to pull you apart, you know, when all of those obstacles that you face as a family come against you. And so what helped us <laughs> throughout those crazy five years, I think the only thing that really held us together at that time, what really helped us was we did have a prayer life. Yes. Right? We well, did. That was our marriage counseling. That was our marriage counseling. The one thing that we did get, so we did premarital counseling. And, you know, the one thing that we did get or the takeaway was when you're going through struggles, pray. Yeah. You know, when you need to know what to do, pray. Pray. Right. And that was good because it, it kept us. The, the thing we needed was after we got done praying yes. to get up and then learn to process yes. our emotions, to process who we were. Everything is about identity. Yeah. I can't say this enough. Your seasons will change, but who you are was written by the Lord long before you were born. And when you're resting in who God created you mm-hmm. to be, right, who are you? When you understand who you are, then it stabilizes you no matter what storms you're going through. Uh, and, and I think about Jesus when he was on the boat in the midst of the storm. He was at rest, even though everything around him was in chaos. Mm-hmm. And what we have is the disciples menta- mentality, that mindset that says, oh, it's a storm. Yeah. Let's figure out how to stop the storm. We're about to die. You know what I mean? We're yep. panicking because we're afraid. Yep. And here it is. Jesus is asleep on the boat. How is that possible? It's because he knows who he is and whose hands he also happens to be in. And so he's secure even in a storm. Mm. And what I think we find a lot of times within a relationship, we're not secure with one another and we're not secure in who we are. And and so when the storm hits, we're frantic, we're frantic, we're panicking because those insecurities are being dialed up Mm -hmm. to its height. And so we fight for power. We fight for control. And it causes tension within the relationship. So essentially, it's when you're going through transition, when you're in that panic mode, Mm -hmm. you have to do the opposite of what you really want to do. What you really want to do is fix it. What you really want to do is, okay, what can I do to make this right? But what you really need to do is slow down. And for some people, that is really, really hard. But it's like what you were saying. When you're at rest, when you're slowing down, you can process things a little easier. It's like almost removing yourself if you can, from the situation, like a bird's eye view, Mm -hmm. back up a little bit and then assess where you are, assess what you're feeling. I don't think most of us really sit back and really think about or take, you know, into account, what are you actually feeling? Do you want to cry? Do you want to yell? You know, Mm -hmm. do you need to take a walk? Do you need to go see a counselor? Yeah. Have you actually forgiven? Yeah. Right. Have you, have you processed 
all of those emotions. And one of the reasons why this is so important, this is really big. Trauma happens when we go through these troubling transitions, right? Mm -hmm. And trauma is anything that's too overwhelming for the mind or body to process appropriately. So we have these experiences that we may not even call traumatic experiences. We just call life. Right. It's, It's just... Yeah, it's we, just we, life. You know, and, and we, we just keep on moving. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, even though your season may change, the residual effects of the trauma are still within your processing. Yep. It's 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 still within your system. It's in your mind. And so you're going to move into the next season with the residue of some pain, of hurt, uh, a new lens on your life has been applied to how you see based on what it is that you've gone through. And that lens now affects how you see your spouse, how you interact with your kids. How you see yourself. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And so now... Let's say, for instance, in those first five years, we had a lot of financial struggles. Yeah. Ooh, um, Lord, oh, my goodness. Help us. Thank you. Let me tell you. Thank you for redeeming. <laughs> <laughs> we we just made a whole lot of bad financial decisions. I mean, it was awful. We didn't have a financial plan. Um, and, and so we kept going from one financial problem to another financial problem. Yeah. And I'm saying this, and I know some of you all listed, you may think I'm crazy on this, but it just felt like we were like cursed financially. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? It, it just felt like we couldn't we win. We were <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so it, it felt like no matter what we tried, we couldn't come out from up underneath yeah. this cloud of, of, of debt and problematic financial, you know, mismanagement. And and so what what we began to receive within ourselves was like almost like this mindset of, well, something's wrong with us, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that we were what the condition of our finance We were, were dysfunctional. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden you go into your next season and you hold on to money differently. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that you spend is kind of like with a, 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 a poor mindset, mm-hmm. right? Because you're going into, you at least want to feel wealthy. Yeah. So you'll spend beyond what you can actually afford yep. just to have something that looks like wealth. And you so know the what I'm things saying? that you go through, mm-hmm. the trauma that you go through, the transitions that you go through, if your identity isn't rooted yes. in something solid, mm-hmm. if it's not rooted, um, you know, in the Lord, then those transitions will begin to define your identity. Right. Yeah. And now all of a sudden I'm acting out of a feeling of we're poor. I, re- I wish we were wealthy. Right. So now we'll spend to fill wealth yep. instead of actually doing the things that would build wealth from a kingdom perspective, yeah. which becomes well, God has told you how to manage your money. If we would have learned his way, Instead of operating out of a poor mindset. And right. as money goes, so does your identity. Absolutely. So as it goes up and down, yeah. you go up and down. Absolutely. The seasons or the, the, yeah. the temperature in your home, the climate in your home goes up and down based on a situation rather than um, parenting, rather than you know loving your spouse or rather than operating your budget out of a whole perspective oh, out 100%. of a whole person. Yeah. yeah. And so it took us years to finally come into uh, a biblical financial, you know, plan of how to steward our resources, right? And that changed our lives. Yeah. But part of that change, the biggest change when it came time to kind of get freed up from the damage done in those first five years of our financial mismanagement, it was a mindset change. It was that we had to understand that we were not the mistakes we made. We were still living in the consequences of those bad mistakes, but we could do all things through Christ Mm -hmm. because he was strengthening us. And, And I think that if you would 
use that little example of kind of our dramatic first five years, I think that there are some couples out there that may be able to relate to the fact that you may feel that you are some of the mistakes that you've made or your spouse Mm-hmm. is still the mistake that they've made. They, You may be in a relationship where you're looking to say, you know what, um, there was adultery that has taken place, but you're fighting to, uh, to move forward within your relationship. Well, if your spouse, if you're in and you guys are trying to move forward and you guys are seeing one another through a lens of, well, I made the mistake, but he won't forgive me. He yeah. won't let it go, right? Or... I still see that person as an adulterer. That's yeah. something that's really hard to work through. How do you all move together into the future as free individuals? Well, both of you guys now have to find a new identity as you're working together to overcome, you know, what has happened in the past. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, again, it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning. You have to process what it is that you're feeling in your heart and what's going on within your mind. But the one thing that I will say is that couples can't live this passive life where they allow what's going on outside of them or whatever is going on within their minds to dominate and to determine what it is that they're going to do. They have to wake up. Yeah, you have to snap out of passivity. That was the one thing I would say that was a game changer in our lives was we got tired of going through (laughs) the same struggles and the same issues over and over. Mm -hmm. So sticking with the financial thing, you know, we got tired of being broke. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest. And we wanted, we knew we had desires and we wanted to travel. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to just do great things. But to that point, you say we got tired of being broke. But it was it was when we had to admit. I'll I'll be honest, because you you were getting on my nerves. Oh, yeah, yeah. Put it out there like that. So I'll so I'll tell you why (laughs) we we got tired of being broke. It was part of us in transition. Was I kept trying to do things to help us get free from financial issues, Mm -hmm. and after a while, Lynette was like. Um, the last time we did that. Yes. Right? Then we ended up in a hole. And in my mind, I was like, well, we need a bigger gamble to get us out of this bigger hole. (laughs) And she was like... That makes the hole bigger. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, basically. So I was futuristic, and I'm trying to think forward and and set the family free. It wasn't that I was trying to harm the family, but I was a big risk taker and, and a big dreamer. And she was looking at all the trail of fallen and failed dreams in the past. Well, what what really became the conflict is both of us wanted us to get out. Right. Our methods were different. But our methods were different. But what we needed to do was merge then. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm still trying to dream forward. I am futuristic. And I just saw you as being pessimistic. I saw you as the one who took the needle and popped the balloon Mm -hmm. of all the dreams that I was trying to to do, you know, to move forward. And you saw me as basically a risk for the family in the future. And it wasn't until I stopped interpreting your wisdom as an insult to me, that took me moving out of my own pride and moving out of my own levels of insecurity and then beginning to value the fact that God gave me you as a gift. And if I can listen to you, if we could communicate and not be so insulted by Mm -hmm. or feel inferiority or pride or dominance on one end or the other, if we could submit to one another, all of a sudden we can move forward together with the plan. And that's when, that's when the shift happened when it wasn't me against you or you being better than me or me more dominant over you within the relationship. And for a long time, you wouldn't speak up because of how I would react Mm -hmm. within those first five years. I would aggressively defend my stance and prove 
my points. Yeah, I, I actually became the, the quiet partner in, in the relationship because yeah. I just, I didn't want to feel like I was the victim mm-hmm. anymore. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to keep this to myself. And that was out of pride. Yeah. But then that was also not helpful in the relationship at yeah. all. And so it really came to a point to where <laughs> I just had to say, you know what? If I don't say anything right. and if he continues to make these decisions, even though they're out of a good place, they're just the wrong decisions at that time, yeah. It the relationship is... is it will continue or our financial situation will continue to be the same. Yeah. And so I, I literally had to step up mm-hmm. and say something. And she did y'all. And, uh, of course it mattered how I said it. Yeah. But, but what happened, I helped a little bit in that. And here's how we actually went to get some counseling. Yes. And when we oh, got counseling. Oh, he became my advocate. <laughs> I did. <laughs> because I, I didn't understand no, 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 your... No. I'm talking oh, about you're the talking counselor about, you're talking about the counselor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, forget about that. <laughs> I, I became your advocate. I'm still your biggest advocate right now. But what, what I was talking about, we took a strength finders test. Yes. And all of a sudden, I realized that everything that I couldn't stand about you yep. that was really bothering me, come to find out it was actually your strengths. Yeah. And, and my strengths were classing with hers. Yeah. And then I was able to humble myself and say, okay, she's not malicious and she's not trying to harm me. Me, she's actually trying to help yeah. me. I needed a new lens on how I saw yeah. you. Yeah. And that moment was freedom for us when I got a new lens. Um, and we say this within Marriage and Transition, our book, we say it that the way I, uh, the way I perceive you yep. determines the way I treat you. The way I perceive you determines the way I treat you. And all of a sudden I began to see that this whole time you were trying to love me mm-hmm. through being precautious. You yeah. were trying to love the rest of the family by saying, yes, I agree with you. We need to get out of poverty. But let's work together yeah. on a biblical plan for us in order for us to get to that next level. You know, I like to say like this. I tell couples grind moments mm-hmm. should be moments and not a lifestyle. So well, like I, I get, you know, putting your head down and doing what you got to do. You know, whether it's that season where the kids are, are young and both of you got full time jobs or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. It's it's grind season. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, some sleepless nights and, yeah. you know, some diaper duty going that should, on. That and, should definitely be a moment, mm-hmm. you know. But even in that moment, even in grind season, you have to have a healthy perspective of yourself mm-hmm. and then of your spouse. Because when you go through transitions, if you're not looking at your spouse through the lens of grace, mm-hmm. through the lens of love, then everything that they do in those grind seasons mm-hmm. are going to be offensive to you. Yeah, and it's and it's basically will pull the the, the marriage collapses in on itself, right? And we know that a house divided against itself cannot stand. Yeah. And so what what happened for us that I believe really shifted it, and I would encourage you guys to do the same. After, you can do this while you're in a season, but after you come out of the season, you need to identify the common denominator within your decision-making as a couple that may be, um, triggering a dysfunctional cycle. What we were in was a dysfunctional behavioral cycle of going tit for tat with one another, of reacting to every problem that came with whatever we thought was best without consulting one another and without a plan. And once we discovered that common denominator was that our Mm -hmm. identity was rooted in our pain, it wasn't rooted in God's presence. And because of that, we were making decisions out of uh, bondage instead of decisions as freed people. We we located and we we have a lot of 
ways to help you identify what are some of those common denominators. And part of it is your communication, right? And so we have a, a discussion guide PDF that you guys can grab a hold of and use. And this is so important because Lynette and I realized it's not just the fact that you needed to communicate because here's the thing. I was communicating. Oh, yeah. We were talking. It was unhealthy communication, right? <laughs> and so sometimes the reason why you're not having great communication in those seasons of tension and transition is that you're not asking the right questions yeah. and you're not answering them in the right times. Mm -hmm. But I'll say this. If you guys are trying to maintain what once was instead of fighting for what will be, then you'll lose what you have. And we, we want to challenge you all to fight the right kind of fight. Fight for your dreams. Yeah. Fight to move forward together as a team. But stop trying to hold on to what's always been. Yeah. When God has allowed the last season that you've gone through to shape something in you, to bring out even some dysfunctional things to the surface, but it is for your good if you guys will work together to transition into the future. 